0: Hello and welcome to this episode of Tech Talk Radio. I'm Emily Wright, Head of Content at EG, and I'm delighted to be joined today by Majed Tarari, CEO and founder of Insurami, and Jack Sibley, Head of Partnerships at Insurami.
1: How are you guys? Uh, Very well, thank you. Uh, been Been a hectic few weeks, but happy to be on here and tell you more about what we're doing and the business itself
0: fantastic and it has been a hectic few weeks for you guys I have to just start off by saying it is fantastic to chat to you both and to chat to you both together within the same business because the last time I spoke to you Majed you then became one of our tech 10 to watch and Jack of course you are a former EG Rising star um so let's talk about how you guys have sort of come together with with the business and I know that Jack you you you've joined and How's it all going so Majed let's let's start with you how have things been going since we last spoke if you give us a bit of background about the business so everybody knows um exactly what it's all about and then Jack it would be great to hear from you too
1: sure um so a quick one for everyone listening um Insure Army is a deposit guarantee platform for commercial real estate um when a business is looking to lease a premises um instead of paying a deposit up front they can go through our underwriting process and instead pay us a small monthly fee so, for example, if you're looking to lease um, a co-working space in Canary Wharf, rather than paying a £15,000 deposit, you would pay us um, you know, a, a small fraction of that, say £80, £90 a month instead. And so the tenant would save quite a, quite a, um, quite a big sum up front. And for landlords, it gives them a lot more flexibility. Um, on the question that you mentioned, how's it been going since we met? I think we met up just before we we launched um, in, I think it was uh, mid-end 2019 um obviously as you know since then a lot of things have changed and so it's been very um interesting for the business very exciting um and it's culminated with this big fundraise um you know like most businesses we've been um, we were affected during covid but also allowed us to test quite a lot of things so um paying out claims was something that we uh, went through almost a couple of months into covid um and a lot of talks with landlords around how we see back to the office how that fits in um, what sectors we can expand in um, and also what has and hasn't been impacted by COVID, positively and negatively. So whilst we might have struggled in the first few months in terms of seeing leasing numbers drop, um, if you look across the board um, in commercial real estate, some sectors did strengthen.
0: Thank you very much. And Jack, how is it going?
1: Yeah,
2: it's going it's going great. Thanks, Emily. Um, yeah, I think we probably, the rising, aforementioned rising Star Wars that you, you mentioned, that I was very honoured to receive, uh, I think it was back probably about four or five years ago now, Um, And since then, I I did another uh, two or three years at Nuveen Real Estate, running an innovation strategy for them, uh, everything from kind of venture capital strategy to portfolio implementation, um, and ultimately being the kind of lens between um, Nuveen, one of the larger real estate investors in the world, and uh, lots of, you know, the the kind of 200, 250 startups I met every year in the kind of prop tech um, space, as it were. And yeah, it got to the point where, um, at kind of I suppose a few months into COVID, um, thought it was a really exciting time for um, specifically some kind of business models um, coming out of COVID, and that this is really going to I suppose drive adoption and innovation within real estate. And thought it was the right time for me to move over um, to the other side of the table, as it were. So joined uh, about a year ago, um, I joined toarmi as head of partnerships, and yeah, it's been a whirlwind, uh, a whirlwind 12 months really from. Uh, yeah, joining a, a new business, going from one of the largest businesses in the world to, you know, one of the, the smaller side of the, the spectrum, as it were. Um, I've, uh, I've had a kid, as we were talking about just before, and uh, obviously we've been through all the lockdown. So it's been a crazy 12 months. Um, really uh, excited to be here. I think, you know, as leasing activity restarts um, across the market more broadly, specifically in, in retail and office, as I'm sure they come on to talk about, um, you know, we only see you know, huge growth of potential um, ahead of us. And we're really well positioned with our, our kind of latest news and um, to be able to capitalise on that. So yeah, great to and um, great to be here.
0: So forty-two million to expand growth. Um that's that's pretty impressive stuff. So um could you kind of talk me through exactly how that's going to be channeled, how it's gonna be funnelled into the business, um, and what that's going to see sort of on the other side of the investment, Majed? Yeah, sure.
1: Um so as as Jack mentioned, the past year, year and a bit have been a big whirlwind um, and when, when Covid hit obviously like most people, um, we saw we saw leasing almost ground to a halt and um, what we didn't stop was conversations with landlords and looking at different sectors that we had planned to launch in and so Covid sort of sped up um, different business plans that we had, one of them being um, expanding into different sectors and also partnering with people to take uh, to take risks for these. And so a culmination of um, of Jack joining and the different conversations with with landlords and the um, the funding that we've secured allows us to do two things. One is to con- continue to grow. So pre-COVID, we'd, um, we'd worked with landlords on the office side and we've continued to expand those partnerships outside of London, doing all different kinds of leases, whether you're, as I mentioned earlier, a small startup or a more established business that is based in um, looking to lease in the West End um, for a five year period. You're able to save money up front and your landlord can still get the same, if not more protection. Um, the new funding allows us to go into different verticals as well. So looking at short-term retail, long-term retail, industrial, things like dark kitchens, um, sectors that might have done quite well during COVID. Are also seeing this transition in leasing and catering to tenants. Um, we're hearing a lot of people on the office side talk about tenant experience and customer experience, which, um, you know, is more widely used. Uh, when it comes to SaaS platforms etc and as more and more uh, landlords look at that our guarantees are able to slot in and make that um, leasing process a lot more seamless and that's where we think this funding um, really helps is we're able to offer these products to a wide range of tenants um, and iterate on how we offer and release our product a lot quicker.
0: Thank you very much and can you give um, some details for those tuning in via the podcast as to where that investment has come from because I know that there's a new investor as well that's joined.
1: Yeah, so the, um, the, the big chunk of debt funding is coming from Fastenara Capital, um, and that supports existing capital from our investors, such as Global Founders Capital, Entrepreneur First, Clocktower Ventures, and some um, Angels.
0: Thank you very much. Well, congratulations um, on a fan, on fantastic raise. That's really excellent news. And it sounds like it's going to pave the way for a very exciting um, period of time ahead. Jack, can we have a, a chat then? I mean, Majed was talking there about some of the other verticals that you guys are going to be able to look at as a result of this. So what is what's the strategy in terms of moving forward? working with the industry um, and not just in the offices sector?
2: Yeah, definitely. I mean, firstly, on, on the office side, as Majid mentioned, that's our, our kind of core original vertical that we've launched and we've grown the most partnerships in so far. We're working with both uh, the kind of more conventional side of the market with the longer leases. We're working with uh, the more flexy side of the market with some of the flex operators. And we're working with the, the groups, I suppose, in that kind of in between space. Whether that's fully fitted space or managed services and so on and so forth on that so our, our kind of number one priority is to keep those relationships going keep that growth going on the offices side and keep growing in that sector but the great thing this new funding allows us to do as well is unlock uh, you know a whole new area for us in real estate which is you know non-office um, use cases so imagine mentioned there uh, retail we, we see it in the same way kind of both conventional retail and flex retail um, particularly maybe down the, the um, F&B side um, of retail as uh, you know businesses look to bounce back from COVID as the world opens back up and we get back to something like a you know what lots of retail businesses would consider a, a quite unquote kind of normal operating environment and um, we can be there to um, support them and allow them to open and expand and take new spaces without having to lock up tens of thousands sometimes hundreds of thousands of pounds um, in deposits every time they open a new site um, so that's the kind of the priority for retail. Uh, and then on the industrial side, um, we're really seeing, uh, I suppose, two main opportunities there. Number one uh, is going to be multi-less industrial, um, who really benefit from uh, lower upfront costs overall. And number two, as Majid mentioned, some of these, uh, I suppose, new, uh, whether you call them retail or industrial kind of concepts, uh, such as dark kitchens, um, where we're um, you know, having a lot of good feedback with different operators in the market at the moment. Um, around how we can launch uh, launch a product in that vertical, um, and alongside that, there's there's lots of other opportunities and, and niches that we're seeing um, where we are really solving you know a, a very practical and very uh, very painful pain point uh, for lots of different businesses who at the moment are you know very cash conscious coming out of COVID, but don't want that to temper their you know their ambitions of growth, um, and we can kind of provide that best of both worlds solution that adds you know, gives the landlords the same protection that they used to. In terms of the, the traditional cash deposit while also allowing businesses to keep that money invested in their business.
0: Thank you very much. Now I'm gonna come on to talk to you Majed in a minute about um, that uh, the solution um, to uh, a very real problem I and mean, that's something that we talked about when we first met to discuss the business and it would be really interesting to have a chat to you about that again but before I do um, Jack just while while sort of you're answering a question and chatting I'd be interested to get your opinion on um the business in Surami what attracted you to to the business We weren't there from the beginning so it's really good to kind of get a sense as to what it was that caught your eye and made you think you know what I'm going to make that move and that that's where I wanted to be
2: yeah definitely I mean it was it was a thought process I went through um you know as part of that that process of deciding that I I'd kind of done the the piece on my corporate innovation side and wanted that experience on the other side of the table, as I put it earlier, um, working, you know, at a startup. And I think there were probably two things um, that made me choose in tsunami, or maybe three things. <laughs> uh, number one, the great team and, and working with Majed, and I think when you're working in an early scale business, I'm not just saying this because Majed sat next to me, obviously, um, but, you know, when you're working in a, a small business, the people do really matter, um, and I think being able to click with those people from the first time you meet um, is really important on that side. Um, number two, maybe a bit more uh, <laughs> interestingly, for the listeners uh, is uh, you know, I think a lot of solutions in the prop tech space or in the real estate technology space have been quite point solutioning, um let's say over the last uh, five years, and I think actually in one of your previous podcasts emily this is this is a point that that was drawn out, which is that it's not necessarily a bad thing at all, but lots of the the innovation in real estate has been to this date designed to solve relatively. Um, simple problems mm-hmm. and what I really like about you know the deposit guarantee product and the tsunami concept is that you know we are really bringing ultimately a new way of not, not just you know a new point solution to the market but really a whole new way of doing business um, and we are really working not at the kind of, necessarily the kind of, um, I suppose, experience level of once you're in a building, um, how do you you know, experience that building? Not the kind of smart building technology side, but at the point of the transaction, of the leasing transaction. And that's something that's quite unusual from from my view of the ecosystem. A lot of the solutions I saw and and kind of when I was thinking about where I was going to move, different options I might have had. Um, were more down that side and and Insurami is one of the only groups who are really I suppose bringing fintech into real estate um, in a very real sense in the terms of creating a kind of new financial product that we believe is going to become a new market standard um, in real estate leasing and and shape the future of the commercial lease. Um, And so yeah, from just a pure interest point of view, that was was the second reason. And the third reason would be I wanted to work at an an earlier stage um, group. So you mentioned I haven't been here from the start. Um, but I think I, I given COVID, um, I think I joined, you know, a few months into the partnership conversations that we were having. Um, and so being able to kind of take that through and, and be on that journey with, with Majid and the team has been great. Um, but yeah, hopefully that answers your question.
0: It does. Thank you very much. Majid, how does it feel to hear the business being described in that way um, by Jack?
1: Um, really nice, I was even pointing at myself when you asked what's the reason you came to work here. So I <laughs> didn't hear him say that, no look it's um, I think for us especially I'm sure with every business when Jack was our first remote hire um, we actually met for a coffee in Spitalfields before he agreed to join but he met the whole team remotely and worked with all of them remotely and just having it's good to hear that feedback having spent almost a year working with the team remote um, as most people some of our team back in the office some are working remotely and so hearing that is uh, is quite good and I'm sure the team will be happy with that as well.
0: And let's talk about the Solution to this problem, and it's obviously something that um, the industry is really kind of latching onto. And I can see, I can see why. Um, you know, it's you, it's that it's that, that sort of thorny problem. And and as Jack was saying, you know, there are lots of tech solutions out there um, that kind of solve a very simple problem. I and mean, while while this is is one of those things where you think, well, of course that makes perfect sense, um, there are some there are some kind kind of quite major complexities to to making it work effectively. So, how are you finding it as things get going? How are you finding it now that you've got the sort of investment coming in um and now that you're able to expand what you're doing in terms of partners and also in terms of the um the sort of sectors that you're um approaching how How does it feel to see it sort of start to to really you know sort of snowball basically?
1: yeah it's um it's it's really exciting and probably nerve-wracking at the same time um, every time a, a referral comes through the team still gets the same excitement and you know everyone's messaging saying okay it's going through um, a lot of the a lot of the work we do um, does look simplified when we do a demo but in the back end the team have built a really good automated system that helps us collate data and do everything in the back end and um, seeing all of that come together and work is a really rewarding but um, you know um, and quite nice to see and I think as we as we bring on this this investment and go forward it's showing people that you know putting putting these things in yes there is risk management and financial upside but actually you're enhancing relationships and customer experiences um, a big part of what we do is around collecting data and analyzing that data which simplifies decision making it's um I think from reading um from doing a lot of research um ahead of this podcast um, one thing that people agree on is you know, how we look at commercial real estate, particularly office leasing, is changing. No one's really sure how that looks like. Um, but what we think we we have provided is a solution that fits into most use cases that are being discussed, so whether you're looking for a flex office or a serviced office um, or looking at a longer term lease. Reducing your upfront cost for tenants is something that most people agree on. Um, as, as people demand spaces that are more fluid, um, and buildings that are more agile, having a, having an experience, as Jack said, around transactions that are a lot more seamless. Um, I read a really interesting quote um, over the weekend, which is, some people can buy a company as fast as drafting an office lease. Um, when you think about buying a company 5-10 million versus leasing a space, the, the time um, to do both of those being the same is is quite bizarre in this day and age. And so seeing, seeing how, how our solution can provide that benefit to allow people to speed up transactions whilst giving same level of security and going through all the different uh, motions and probably more in terms of collecting data and analyzing risk. And offering that to landlords and tenants is, a, is something that we're really excited about. And yeah, as this fundraise shows, there is appetite for people to, to use the solution and that's why it's, uh, it's quite exciting to see it all come together.
0: And with the statistics that you're able to, to take to people as well, you know, over £10 billion held in commercial real estate, lease deposits, um, which, you know, deposit guarantee is able to free up um, and um, helping tenants to secure new space while saving over 95% on, on upfront costs is something which, you know, you guys have mentioned. Um, those statistics, when, when people hear those, must be quite effective.
2: Yeah, I th- think, you know, it, it's clear that, For us, ultimately, all this comes down to is risk management um, and cash deposits of, you know, for for almost, I'm sure since the beginning of commercial real estate leasing being, you know, one of the, if not the main risk management um, approach for landlords when they're thinking about tenant risk. And what we're really saying is not that, you know, cash deposits will cease to exist, um, but that they are a very, um, you know, capital inefficient and very binary way to manage risk. Um, For landlords, that ultimately causes tenants a lot of headaches, Um, and what we believe is that, you know, there's a more sophisticated um, approach that can, you know, provide a win-win for both sides. Landlords um, still get the same level of of cover and compensation if there's a tenant default on the lease, Um, whereas tenants don't have to lock up all that capital up front and instead can, as I just said, can pay a small monthly cost um, for us to, to step in and ultimately Uh, you know, guarantee their their obligations to the landlords up to a certain limit. Um, And so, yeah, I think from the statistics that you showed there, the kind of usage um, of deposits uh, in the UK and globally, as well as the amount of capital that's locked up, you know, there's, there's, ultimately there's, you know, enough for a small uh, and for a first small stimulus package, ultimately, you know, locked up in deposits across this country. Um, and if all that business could be used, all that all that money could be used by businesses in a more effective way um, to ultimately grow, then it won't just be a, a big positive for real estate um, and, cons- and customer experiences. It will also be a big positive for the economy. So, uh, yeah, as COVID as COVID kind of allows us to start opening back up. Fingers crossed. Uh, you know, we see ourselves really as supporting that reopening of of both real estate and the broader economy. Um, and helping get the right businesses in the right places.
0: Majad sort of looking at that there's the same the same sort of, sort of statistics there and like following on from what Jack was just saying and there's been um, a fair amount of I mean criticism is a strong word but there's been a fair amount of um, questioning over the years as to just how efficient and effective um, sort of real estate, real estate tech solutions can be and are for the industry for real estate um, and over the years there have been um, concerns over there being a lot of noise in the industry and um how does the real estate sector know where the value lies and which which startups to align themselves with um so from your perspective and i don't want to put words into your mouth but from your perspective it it, it must feel very much like when it comes to proving efficiency and proving um the benefits of something that you know you guys have got a really pretty strong case here
1: yeah, definitely. Um, I think, to be honest, the only way to, to see how partnerships work is to, first of all, test them very, um, very slowly, but also then see the results. And I think what uh, what most people need to look at is not just how many people are entering the space, but how many people enter, prove and um, and repeat. Um, for our business, a lot of what we did um, came from back- previous backgrounds in fintech. And so if you look, you know, across at different sectors, a lot of the solutions that we talk about that real estate should utilize are already prevalent. So when you look at companies like Funding Circle, iwalker etc., you know, they're able to underwrite businesses same day, a couple of hours. Um, and so utilizing that technology, but making it specific for real estate, you know, um, looking at lease, uh, leasing data around defaults and being able to look at public data and combine that with the confidential data that we get. It's that kind of innovation that, you know, showing landlords results really helps. So for example one case study we used to do for landlords is we can look at a portfolio and give you an automatic answer for about 90 percent of your tenants if they'd qualify for a guarantee and roughly what pricing that would be. Um, turning around something like you know 800 leases in 24 hours um, you know really impressed our partners and helped us progress um, in talks and it's, it's it's those kinds of results that you know we see the industry responding to being able to show live case studies um, around claims during COVID, paying them out within you know five or ten business days as agreed, um, showing a clear process that you know is 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 used in different industries or different sectors, being brought into real estate, I think is probably the the difference. We're we're not saying this is a brand new technology, and um, what we're saying is these are solutions that we've built very robustly, very well, and they're backed by players who are you know who are coming from a fintech space with interest in prop tech, similar to us, um, and expanding that then becomes about showing results. Um, which we spent quite a bit of time doing during uh, COVID and the mess that that created, but also coming out of that, how our solution can be implemented to meet their objectives around tenant experience, swift, um, swift decisions, data collection, etc. It sh- it's just being able to show the benefits of that technology and how it's used in different case studies that really helped us progress the business.
0: Um, so just a, a final question for you both, if you could um, leave our listeners with one message um, either about the business or about the market in which we're operating at the moment um, or about your Plans in a bit more detail for the next twelve months. I mean, I know we said that there's going to be a lot of growth, um, and obviously that's a, a lot to do with you know the the raise. Um, but if you could pick just one message to leave everybody with as we um, finish off today, what would that be? Um, I will start with Jack.
2: Sure, I go first. I mean, I think aside from saying uh, you know, please feel to, feel free to reach out to us if you've got any any uh, any deals or any any leasing activity that you think could benefit from deposit guarantee. Uh, the big message for me would probably be, you know, and I've seen it kind of firsthand, the kind of first phase of PropTech um, or the first, let's say, five years running up to COVID, um, working in my previous role. Um, and I think that was that was great. And that was the, the industry uh, finding its feet in the industry, uh, you know, the word PropTech, almost finding out how to define it itself. Um, but I think the next five years are really going to be where the kind of true disruption happens um, and where, you know, fintech, Uh, I think the next five years are going to be all about fintech coming into real estate and as Maja mentioned in in the previous answer you know lots of solutions that have really uh, technologies that have been built and solutions that have proven themselves in a very competitive fintech uh, you know financial services context coming into real estate as just another industry um, and working out how they can uh, disrupt and, and take more of the pie. If you look at where all the money is in real estate it's not um, you know it's actually not in the operation of buildings property managers don't get paid the most in the value chain it's ultimately in the transactions and it's the people that are involved in those transactions who are um, you know who, who make the most money and so I think the most exciting kind of I suppose, startups and new solutions are going to be at that point of transaction um, on the kind of fintech side of the industry so yeah that would be my message.
0: Thank you very much and Majad.
1: Yeah, um, I like some of what what Jack said. I think that the next five years, particularly, um, I think, are really exciting as we as we look at the impact COVID had on things like the discussions around the office space and what people are considering, you know, going forward. Whilst there's no clear answer, I think the next one or two years, what you know, the most successful landlords will do is iterate and iterate quickly. Um, some ideas will fail. That happens in most sectors. I guess um, with the real estate, you just have to be really wise and quick about how you iterate, test, and then try the um, you know something else. Or if it works, scale rapidly. And I think that's some, something we're seeing with our own business, where we've piloted with a with a couple of buildings, then look to to enhance on that. And I think that can be iterated across different um, areas of commercial real estate or different um, different uh, different steps in the leasing process. So for me, it's it's been really exciting. Um, first of all, us coming into to the sector. Um, and also then um, going alongside different startups. And I think the next five years, you'll probably see a lot more businesses coming in as people look at discrepancies in transactions, um, whether it's buying or leasing, and how they can mirror things from fintech or different areas to really speed up that process. And I think landlords are a lot more open to that because of COVID and working remotely and all the tech everyone else, you know, everyone's embraced. I think that's going to be quite exciting in the next few years. You'll see less barriers to entry um, and more openness for partnerships
0: thank you both for joining me today for this episode of tech talk radio many congratulations on the raise um, it's lovely to chat to you and it's lovely to chat to you both together as part of the same business as well uh, so thanks again really insightful and we look forward to having you both back on tech talk radio very soon